so apparently some news came out about Grayson. Yeah. Out. You think he's done? Fucking finished. He's he's a sociopath. A sociopath. That's a little heavy. You have any other way to describe him? He's done it three times. He's just an emotional guy. No, he's like no, uh, he's a little bit of a spaz. Tripping people <laughs> after they've been humiliated twice on national TV for doing the exact same thing. <clears throat> I mean, he, he obviously has an issue with impulse control and controlling his emotions. But Look up sociopath. The guy has no regard for his own body, which is crippling the way he plays, and the body of his opponents, because he's trying to trip them. None of the three tripping incidents, and I reviewed them today. The first two were defensible. The third one, indefensible. Today? Yes. Or yesterday? Really? It was the most mild of the three in no, terms no, the, of... The very first one against Louisville, I thought if he just came out and adamantly said, I absolutely... When he was, was on the trying, ground? It was just incidental contact. I'm trying to get up and my foot comes up. I thought it's plausible that it was accidental. Like, I, I could put it at like 75-25. Most likely he tripped him. But I, there was a chance that it was just trying to get up. Oh, I thought that one was pretty clear that he meant to trip him. The second one was clearly a trip also, but there was extenuating circumstances around that one. Like, what, what were the circumstances? Uh, Florida State was fucking way out of line. The game was out of hand. It's like they're, they're, they're closing out the game in the final seconds. They're up 20, and they're like they're trying to rough each other up, trying to steal the ball. And the guys are looking at like the game's over. There's like five seconds left. And they finally re- stripped the ball from Kennard, Kennard's hand, and they're, they're both sort of roughing up Kennard and Grayson. And the guy guarding Grayson, who was roughing him up, breaking towards his own basket for fast court, and he trips him. So, like, again, out of line, but there's a context for it. It's not like in a vacuum. I still thought that was the most blatant, dangerous of the trips. And it sounds like there was decent reason behind it, in your mind. Okay, but this third one, he's already had an interview. He said, look, I'm rehabilitated. They were bad mistakes. It won't happen again. I'm clean. This is the worst one by far. No, no, none of them were bad. None of them were that bad. It wasn't like he punched somebody in the face, or he didn't kick some, stomp somebody while they were on the ground. Like he didn't do anything. I mean, obviously okay. somebody could get hurt. That's the trips. result. Let's say the kid Steve, Stephen Santa Ana fell down, smashed his face, or like. you know, got injured. But we're talking about degrees of violence. The degree of violence with these. These very subtle Nobody trips. Nobody else trips repeatedly. It's, I understand. It's, it's unex- not like I agree. It's unacceptable. It's like, it's like it's like he's like a kleptomaniac or something. He just can't help himself. Like he's he's like, okay. I'm not going to trip. It is now, weird. Now it's it's bizarre. It's bizarre. And there's got to be one consequences for this one, and two, there's got to be sort of an ultimate consequence if it happens again. Like, let's say let's say he gives him like two games, three games for this one. Okay. Then he says, but listen, I want you to know something, Grayson. If you do this again, you're done. The whole point is he can't control himself you're dismissed. a little. Okay. That's the problem. After that ultimatum, if he does it again, then he's, now we know he's a true sociopath. Yeah, I mean... The I, whole I, point I, is it's a compulsive behavior which he can't control. Right. But so, he can control it. Well... He can. Can he? Yes. He's sick. Yeah, I mean, I think he has a problem, but in terms of problems, as far as problems go... Look at his Twitter feed, it's all fucking Bible study. God is so good, for God so loved the world, 
I love all mankind, blah, 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 treat others like you would yourself. It's fucking bullshit. Dude, he has, he's aware he's a problem. There are people that exactly that he's, need a higher power. Okay, like, like he's an alcoholic. He's like, okay, I'm not going to drink anymore, but then he drinks. Okay, so what are you saying about alcoholics? Are you saying, fuck them all? They all like, they're sociopaths? No, no dude. They have a problem. When did I say fuck Grayson, fuck them all? Well, you said you said he's a sociopath. You, okay, okay. You you uh, pantomime it... kicking him out. You're 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 like done with the guy. One more time, he trips one more guy. If he like, if if he comes back and can't control his emotions when what he gets sh- upset one more time, you're done with him for a fourth for a fourth trip. I don't know what the penalty should be. What should it be? Let's you talk told ab- me. Let's talk about it. Let's say but... you're, let's say you're the coach. He can't, he tripped Here's... it up for the fourth time. What would you do then, huh? You just have a goofy grin on your face and say, it's all good, man. We're all human beings. We make mistakes. Listen, just because I have a mustache today doesn't mean you can interrupt me the way I usually interrupt you. I think, if you let me get the point out, I think that there is a distinction between various levels of violence. Huh? Yes, I agree with you. So this, to me, is... is enabling him, just like Bob Stoops enabled Joe Mixon. On a I, I, much lesser degree, but same thing. He values it, winning so much. I do think it needs to be confronted head on. I think it's a serious issue. I still think it's being overplayed. I think your reaction's a little little beyond the pale. I don't think he's a sociopath. Beyond? I think he's a kid or a how? person or an adult, whatever, who has trouble controlling his emotions, just like DeMarcus Cousins, just like a bunch of guys. It doesn't mean they're bad people. It doesn't mean, oh, they do it one more time. He's a competitor. Draymond does the same kind of stuff. And part of the reason Grayson that's Allen's that's, getting, that's getting killed... Comparison. That's a good comparison. Well, part of the reason he's getting killed is people are talking about it with Draymond. It's become a, a type of issue. Well, Draymond kicks people in the nuts. Worse, right? <laughs> Decidedly worse, no? Mm. And it's like more. It's even more crafty, like calculated, right? Like it's, but it's part of his dirty game. Like... Plausible that it's incidental. Way more plausible that it's incidental. Well, in the NFL, there are certain players renowned for hitting people at the bottom of piles. Different. Doing things. Different. I mean, basketball is a physical sport, but it's a much different physical sport. You cannot trip people. Watch the Spurs play. Watch they do dirty things all the time. Some of them do it. Tim Duncan was a dirty player. Wow. He was. You're just carrying the water. I'm telling just you. Just like you said, you wouldn't do. You're freaking carrying the water. No, no. I think he should. I, I'm glad they. Should, I'm glad they suspended him. And save all this ammunition for the podcast. When should we start talking about it? Are we going to talk about jobs or the games at all, or are we just going to straight? Of race? course, as you know, we've been recording this whole time. No, we haven't. Yeah. But I mean, there's just no way to like rightfully. That was a good argument. That was fine. What are you going to do? Splice it? What do you mean? It's fine. You drop some F-bombs. It's not a big deal, buddy. Nobody thinks you're a saint. It's okay. But, no, I think we got into it exactly right. Right from the start, it's the most important thing to talk about. Forget about Harry Giles for a second, because he barely played. He barely played. Harry Giles looks like a tin man. His draft stock is plummeting. He just hasn't even played yet. He's kicking the ball out of bounds. He's trying to bend over, reach for loose balls, and he's kicking the ball out of bounds like a tin man would. Welcome to small sample size theater. <laughs> you know, he's played six or seven minutes. And you know his buddy on the bench, Marquise Bolton, is thinking right now, I should have gone to Kentucky where I'd get more than three minutes a game because I'm healthy. Look, let's get into that in a minute. Let's finish Grayson. Or do you want to come back to it later when you've calmed down? Um, look, 
love that. I can talk all about right. Grayson. All right. First welcome, of all, go ahead. Welcome to Duke Basketball Junkies. This is episode seven. Clearly not going to be our best episode. Uh, this might be our best episode. <laughs> it might be uh, our most pressing episode. Uh, we, uh, we're happy that you guys are listening. Uh, we appreciate all the feedback we've gotten. Uh, it's cool that our listenership seems to be going up. I mean, it could only go up from zero, right? But uh, uh, last week we asked for emails for feedback, and we realized we didn't give out our email. It's, <laughs> it's dukebasketballjunkies at gmail.com. dukebasketballjunkies at gmail.com. Um, but let, let's get back into it. Oh, we, we do have a few corrections to make we from last week. We should identify ourselves, too. Oh, yeah. My name is Michael Exta. What's your name? My name is Peter Rowe. I am your host, and I'm here with my co-host, Michael Exta. How you doing? Uh, we're both Duke 98. Some of us stayed longer. Duke Law 01 over in this corner. Uh, we're both lifelong, uh, since graduating, lifelong uh, Duke fans. And uh, we often have these kinds of arguments. But make your position clear, I guess, because you didn't say. What do you do? How, how long do you think when, he should be I, out? When I, when I and saw, what do you do listen, if he comes back? When I saw it happen, I didn't even really pay attention until first I saw Luke Kennard. <clears throat> sort of protecting Grayson and barking at the other team. Then I saw Grayson seem to be talking a lot of trash to Steven Santa Ana. And when I saw it, I was like, okay, something obviously happened. Then I saw the replay. I was like, oh my gosh, not again. <laughs> like, this can't be happening again because this kid said he wouldn't do it. And it seems to be like, it's got to be a conscious decision to stick your leg out and trip somebody. Mm, I know the way Grayson plays is very floppy, very his hands, his arms, his legs all sort of like flailing around all the time. So it's plausible that it could be incidental. But when you look at the replay, the kid made a conscious decision to stick out his foot and trip the guy. And and let me add both. It was this, more of a kick than a trip, right? Um the kid was going down. They were tangled up arm-wise, and on the way down, the Grayson elevated his foot to m- ensure that the kid fell to the ground. Okay, did he fall to the ground? Yeah. Okay. And the kid, the Santa Ana came back up, had some choice words for him, and, they, and there was a back and forth. But I, I'll also say that both in this trip, trip number three, as well as in trip number two against Florida State, immediately after his intended tripping victim falls to the ground Grayson's palms goes face up and he's like what 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 like as if he were the victim and in this particular incident I wish I were a better lip reader but it was clear he's mouthing like he's pulling on my arms or like my opponent is pulling down on my arms as if there was contact as if as if somehow that's oh that makes it okay that Grayson sticks out his foot and tries to trip him so, like, he's already premeditated that he's going to trip him. And when the kid falls, he's already premeditated, like, his response. Like, I'm going to try to divert responsibility back to the other person. Like, it's just, like, a weird, really weird, like, why why are you doing that? Guys do that all the time. They sell fouls. They, they yes, fly. I agree. These I kinds agree. of things. I agree. What's disturbing is that I agree. It, what's extracurricular here and unacceptable is... The intent to actually trip, which could result in an injury, at the very least, is some sort of like physical payback for something, right? That's the problem. Now, do you? 
my problem with it wasn't even the play itself. I didn't think it was that bad. Like initially, I was like, it was just well, a tantrum on the bench afterwards. Yeah, it was. It was like that was bush league. What he did was bush league. But the way he reacted to it on the bench, to me, indicated some serious, potentially serious emotional coping problems. He should be stripped of his captaincy immediately. Do you think so? Absolutely. He's not captain material. Like, okay, so when it happened, he's obviously having a complete meltdown on the bench. How many people had to focus their attention on making sure he's okay instead of focusing on the game? Well, it definitely hurt the team. No doubt. He didn't act, He wasn't acting like a captain. Like, no one's missed it. John Chari did. Ultimately, Coach K had to come over. And who was sit. rubbing his head? Uh, Javin Delorier. Who? Uh, Emil Jeff- Jefferson. Mm, there was a, I think there was a white hand rubbing his head trying after he had thrown that tantrum. They all... But <laughs> I couldn't figure out who it was. Everyone's focused on Grayson <laughs> instead of focusing on, hey, this team might make a comeback. And, and I didn't even know you could award four fouls and the ball. Well, it was a personal, and they were in the bonus. So it was yeah. two shot, two penalties, two shots for that. Technical, two shots in the ball. So, yeah, four shots in the four ball. Shots. And then they went on a little mini run. I mean, when I saw it, I was like, wow, they gave him six free throws. That's insane. And then to go back four to Four free throws. Yeah, I know. But it seemed like six because it seemed like so many. But to go back to your point, what would I do? I'm thinking if I'm Coach K, I would, I would not play him the rest of the game. Uh, Did you you see what Coach K said today? He said he did not see or notice the emotional reaction on the bench from him. If he had seen the little tantrum, he says he wouldn't have put him back in the game. I'm surprised he wasn't told about it. Maybe he was, but he didn't see it. Seeing it really was like a... I I, I hit pause and I said to my wife, who doesn't watch basketball, look at this. Because it's rare to see that kind of display. This is like Ben when you tell him to go to timeout. (laughs) Well, I th- ben, at that point, what do you think he was? Son. What do you think he was, was he, mad about? Was he mad at himself? Four-year-old son. Ben is my four-year-old son. Yes. Okay. What, what do you think he was mad about? Do you think he was um, mad at the refs? Okay. Mad at the team? Mad I, at the... I, I'm I'm trying to get into Grayson's mind. Like I think in any situation like this, you should try to understand the parties involved. I thought it was pretty clear from Grayson's reaction that he thought he got tangled up in a basketball play. And when he got called for the technical, he kept saying, "This is bullshit. This is bullshit. Yes. This is fucking bullshit." And he's, so, he's, so he thought he thought he was it was just a normal basketball play. The other the other guy was pulling down on his arm while he fell to the ground, and Grayson sort of got caught up, and his leg came up. And so he thought it was just a normal basketball play, and so he kept saying, "This is bullshit." So yeah, in his mind, probably I would say he got hosed because he just got. Caught up, tangled up. So you don't up. think he was mad at himself on the that's, bench? Again, that's that's what I think was what was going on in Grayson's mind, not what I actually think. You know? What you think was going on in Grayson's mind, how he was justifying it to himself. Right, and then... But the, the anger, then, the tantrum was, I'm getting screwed here. I think it yes. had to do with his treatment last year, which he probably thought was unfair. He came in saying the right things this year, and he thought, they're doing it to me again. And... I know how this, like, I think that he was partly angry at himself for allowing himself to get baited in his own mind and potentially realizing this could be really bad. He lost it for a minute. But I think what you're seeing there is true, genuine emotion. And what you're failing to appreciate when you say he's, he's premeditated on this is he's, he's, that's, that's the opposite of premeditation. It's not being able to control your emotions in the heat of the moment isn't premeditation. 
Now, he may have an MO of, like, being a gamesmanship kind of, like, aggressive gamer in terms of how he plays the game. And that, I think, is part of his makeup. And we probably can't get rid of that completely. You probably don't want to. So, you know, it becomes sort of an, a weird issue where how does he how does he kind of get control of himself? <clears throat> and these are like therapy. life issues. Therapy. Therapy, lots meditation, of of therapy. whatever. But I think, you know, I think you probably can't argue that he's not aware of the issues. Okay, so... You, you asked what would you have done? I mean, when So I, do you think the, the indefinite suspension, I mean, I don't even know what that means. Do you think that's a, do you think Coach K is thinking? I think Coach K is very, I think he's feeling at the ACC to see what would be uh, something they could both agree on. Like, I don't think he wants to suspend him longer than the ACC would if he hadn't suspended him. He basically said, and, and I, I got to help this kid. Yeah, I also and think to I your, to your point, you, you raised a point earlier, which I wanted to respond to. Like, if Coach K is suspending him because of his reaction on the bench and not because of the tripping incident, like, I, I would have a beef with that also. Well, he was saying he, like, if he had known so. how deep it, deeply it affected him, he would have sat on the rest of the game for his own good because he needed to take a break, right? He didn't... He needed a timeout? <laughs> like a little five-year-old? He, well, you know, uh, that's that's fine. I think it's a little unfair to, to be so... How's that unfair? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you could say the same thing about Donald Trump and his little Twitter tantrums, you know? And look, that guy got elected president. Also like, a sociopath. Which, which is, you know... All right, whatever. I don't want to lose half of our audience. Uh, or slightly less than half. Uh, the the oh. question is, like, you're saying, okay, he needs therapy. I agree. I think it's yeah, clear I mean, that he needs a little help. I don't mean to make light so, like, of the situation. Needing therapy? I, I don't mean to make light of people who do need therapy. See, I think there are there's a certain segment of the population that does need therapy. He might be one of them. I'm not saying you could just write it off as saying, oh, he's just a competitive, uh, aggressive, athletic guy. Do you know what a sociopath is, Peter? I actually did look it up. It's a person uh, who experiences no emotion, right? That's actually not correct. No? Let's see. Four signs of a sociopath. This is a difference between you and me, Mike. You do all your clicking and your your googling during the podcast. Enormous <laughs> ego, charming and manipulative. You don't care about others. You've had brushes with the law. You do have a conscience, but it's much, much, much weaker than most people. It doesn't mean you have no conscience. That would make you a psychopath. All right, this says sociopath incapable of feelings such as empathy, regret, and remorse. Doesn't experience emotional pain himself. And so she can't, or they're using the she here, of course, but so he can't understand the expression of those feelings in others. Sociopaths don't have feelings or emotions, nor do they cry generally. I think what you saw on the bench there was the opposite of a sociopath. Because someone who he was feels crying? Someone who feels deeply. Okay. Uh, unless you think he was pretending, and there's no chance, right, I think. Right, okay. Like, that was genuine. That was refreshing Mike, almost. Mike, let me call a timeout. Yeah. Okay? Let me call a timeout on the trajectory of this podcast. I don't really think he's a sociopath. Excellent. Glad. Okay. Let's get that we out don't, of We way. don't have to get bogged down on this. I do, I, I do want to get back to the basketball and to what would you do if you were Coach K. When I saw it, when I saw the whole aftermath, I said, okay, let's sit him out. And let's suspend it for two games. Let's get out in front. Like yeah. now, it, it won't be like you're responding to the, you know, like everything blew up. You know, the very top story on ESPN was 
He does it again. Grayson Allen trips it, trips another person, and Coach K's doing nothing. And, and there, was, there was no other big news last night. I mean, if it was a Sunday, it wouldn't well, have been a big story. there was a story. heck of a game between Louisville and Kentucky that got lost. Yeah, I mean, if it had been a, a football Sunday, it wouldn't yeah. have led SportsCenter. But what I'm saying is, yeah, I, I would probably – I would make two things clear to Grayson. One, this is unacceptable. So I would – there's got to be consequence for your actions. So I would suspend him for two games, two additional games. And then I would say, you have to line out what's going to happen if it happens again. If you do this for the fourth time... Then what? It's either got to be like five or ten games or the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I think I think you can't sort of lay down platitudes like that. I mean, what's weird to me about this is that I don't think what he's doing is that awful. Yeah, okay, I, I, I hear your point. Like, I, like it's I, not I like he's punching point. people in the face right? or like... You know, kneeing him in the groin on purpose. It's not like he's doing okay. something specifically. I, I hear what you're saying. It is something like However, that, but it's a, it's a minor version of it. I, I hear what you're saying. However, if Coach K suspended him for two additional games and then said, hey, listen, Grayson, if you do this again, you are done. I'm going to dismiss you from the program. Right. Let's say he Let's say he laid that out for Grayson, and then a month and a half later, Grayson trips like, you know, Joel Berry the third in the UNC game. Sure. At that point, would you begin to suspect that Grayson would have like an actual compulsive mental issue, like clinical? Would you no longer sort of Listen, like I'm not... sweep under the rug that oh, you can't, you're not a psychologist, you can't be saying, you can't be labeling him with with these things. Like if you trip somebody for the fourth time, you know there's something wrong upstairs. Yeah, he's gonna have to fix this problem. I agree with you. The problem needs to be fixed. It's not acceptable. He needs, but but there's degrees because there's it's a lot of gameplay in a basketball game. There's a lot of physical contact, and there is a certain aggression that that is a positive thing in the game. And all of a sudden, what if he's worried to push off somebody in order to get open? What if he's worried about fouling somebody a little hard? And the, this is what you're going to run up against if you start making bright line rules. What was great about Coach K's response to this, initially and even now after he did the indefinite suspension, is that he said, I'm a teacher and a coach, and I, I love this kid, and I'm going to do what he needs me to do for him as a, as a coach and a leader. And we, me and you, we're not close enough to really know exactly what is going on with him. We don't know. We don't, we don't really know all the underlying issues. Coach K is in a better position to know that. His parents yes, are in a better position. Like Grayson's at his doctor. He should probably be seeing somebody. That we can all agree on that. But I, I actually, but if you want to like I don't know if he should if be you want to prescribe like a specific oh, when someone does anything like this three times, the fourth time here's the consequences, the fifth time here it is. We we can't really say that because okay, I, I, if, you really gotta leave the latitude to figure I mean, okay. what if it's what but if it's not next month? If it if what it, if it's next year? And there's like one incident in the middle of, you know, okay, it's, but, it's hard. But listen, listen. Because it has been a year almost. If, if it were know? technical fouls, you know, like yeah. losing your emotions, if it were like, if you told Emil Jefferson, hey, if you travel one more time, you're done, like, it would be understandable if he did it again because it's just part of the game, right? But tripping somebody is not a part of the game. It's not a basketball play. That's right. So, if... I just think that if he does it for the fourth time... But what about things that are basketball plays that, that verge on dirty? Can he do any of those things anymore? Is it okay? 
Is it not okay? Is that going to lead him to do these other things? It becomes it be, a gray it would, area. It would be different. And and the thing is, is, is that he's, you know what he's going to say. He's going to come out and say, look, I'm never going to do it again. But that's exactly what he said after the second time. Before this season, you know, he sat down with Jeff Goodman. He, he said, should say, I'm going to take it one day at a time if he's an addict, right? He should say, I'm going to, I'm going to do my best today. I can't no. promise anything about the future. Every day I'm going to promise to do my best that day and like be present and be thinking about it and have that be in one of the things he's thinking about accomplishing is being the kind of sportsman that he should want to be, which helps him be the kind of leader he wants to be. You know, he fell short last night. He didn't, you know, and he's... he's, did, he's you, did you see his uh, post-game interview as locker? I read, I read it. I didn't see it. You, you got to see it. It'll yeah. melt your heart. He's really he's down. He's balling. He's that's he's what I'm talking because about. he let his team down. And 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 for the listeners who feel like I might be too harsh on Grayson, I mean, I I love Grayson Allen. Like, do you remember his freshman year? Well, you're just you're harsh on people. Yeah, in beings. general, I'm very I'm super critical on people. Yes, you're right. But his freshman year, I was like, look at that beautiful three point stroke, and then look at how super athletic he is. Like, why is he only playing seven minutes a game? And He's he's a little bit too emotional, but I mean that's probably what fuels him. Um, he was he was a leader in high school. He was he was the vice president of his student body his senior year. So like he's got leadership qualities. Yeah, there's a reason he's captain, not just because he's a very good basketball player. Yeah, yeah, but, but I mean like I think he could he he should what, think more about some of his body language on the court. Like when he again Chase Jeter tried to calm him down after. The technical was fouled, and and Grayson just like pushes him away as if like he's just a little gnat, you know. Like you got to think about how those things are going to be perceived by your team and your teammates. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you've talked about the pressure that's on these kids, and he's got a lot on his shoulders. And we don't really know how what happened last year affected him emotionally, uh, but well, we do know that he's having trouble controlling his emotions. He has to work on it, and they probably need. You know, the indefinite suspension, it's slightly convenient that it's the game. It happened in this game. There's not going to be another game for seven or nine days, nine, days, nine <clears throat> ten days. 31st. And so they could keep him out two weeks and only miss one or two games. And I, I, part of me, like, I, the I, cynical part of me thought I, Coach Gay knows this. No. And he, like, he's not going to say it's a five-game suspension. Yeah. He's yeah. like, I'm going to say it's indefinite. Two weeks later, I'm going to let him play again, and nobody's going to say shit because... It's been two weeks. No, you know I, what I mean. I think it's got to be a number of games. But I, th- I think you know the the issue has to be approached holistically. It can't be like specifically prescribed. It has to be let's treat the problem. Let's treat the kid. Let's figure it out. Let's make sure he's okay because that's a big part of it. I agree with you there. I, I I agree with you that Coach K is first and foremost concerned about Grayson's well-being, his mental well-being, his role on the team. The cynical part of me also agrees with you. I think Coach K is very calculating in terms of like, well, who are we playing next? <laughs> what are the next two or three games? And I looked, we're playing Virginia Tech, and then we're playing, I think, Georgia Tech. Uh, Georgia Tech is pretty bad, but Virginia Tech is actually pretty good. Like, they're 10-1, and one, they're top 40, Ken Palm. So, like, the timing yeah. isn't great. You know, like, I, I'm sure Coach K would want Grayson for that game, but with all the guys back, I think it's a little bit more... You know, palatable for him to suspend him for. I think he should be gone at least two games, maybe two games. I mean, 
who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? I mean, there's a small chance he's not playing again this year. I mean, he may need yeah, to take time off from I school. I mean, I don't know how, indefin- how deeply... That indefinite seems like it. it's, it's a scary word. It's yeah, possible yeah. that it could be five games, you know? For all we know, something's going on in his personal life that, that's causing these things. Which is why I say we don't really know the whole issue. But, you know, I do expect to see him back in a couple of weeks. And I, the interesting part for me is that we've been encouraging them to sit him down for health reasons. Until, right? until he looked like Superman yeah. against UNLV. But also, hey, you know, if he if he does if he doesn't play for a month, I don't I don't I don't know that it hurts the team that much. It hurts the, the development of the chemistry between the team as a whole, but it gets some other guys some minutes. Yeah. Which is something Actually, we we've wanted. Unless to see. we have more thoughts on Grayson, we should maybe transition to the team because I don't think the team's playing that well. We'll keep an eye on it, and we'll talk about it, I guess, and we'll see what happens. Uh, I think we aired it out, you know. Um, um, you know, to all uh, psychologists out there, we apologize. And, uh, and, and, and to all, I mean, and to all people who, have, who are struggling with mental issues, like, we're not trying to make light of what's going on. But I, I do think, though, that if he does it a fourth time, like, it's pretty clear he's got, like, a compulsive mental issue. I think a lot. I think it's surprising to me that more people on the big stage don't lose control of their emotions more often. Really, when you think about it, like you know. Um, all right. So the team itself. Uh, let's talk about Harry Giles. It's obviously very disappointing. He only got in there for four minutes in the first game. Not a whole lot to the talk about. The second game. There's nothing to talk about. He basically didn't show. They he didn't, made a, He made a great second free throw. They only fed him in the post once or twice, maybe. maybe he kicked three the ball times. out of bounds on a loose ball that he was bending down from the waist for. <laughs> yeah, he just doesn't look like he's uh, close to 100%, probably. And I'm not sure why they're putting him in the, in the... To me, when he was going to come back, I expected him to come back and play a significant role, maybe even start. Not, I didn't expect three minutes off the bench. Yeah, the, the, the first game against Tennessee State, he played... Like four minutes in the first half, but it was it. The game ended up being tighter than anticipated. Like we were like twenty-eight point favorites. We ended up winning by ten. So I yeah, think Tennessee if, State, I think if we were up by twenty, I think he would have played like ten, twelve minutes. But because it was close and because Harry didn't look good, I think Coach K just decided not to play him in the second half. But I didn't. I don't. I don't. I guess it's not clear whether it's a medical decision only play him less than ten minutes, or if it's some sort of basketball decision. If he's if he's healthy. He's supposed to be one of the best players on the court, and uh, okay, it didn't seem like his role was going to be that. Right. Like he was just out there to rock, jog back and forth yeah. and like catch I'm, a rebound. Well, here and there. I might disagree with you there. Like yeah. again, we're we're talking about two different things. Like he might still be the best NBA potential talent on the court, but going back to the whole, would you want two Graysons or one? I'm sorry, would you want two Emils or one Emil and and Marquise Bolden? Like it's clear Emil is our best big man. Most efficient big man, best sure. rebounder. He can score. He can also score. So, like looking at the team, I feel like Coach, com- Coach K has already sort of gotten into this. The structure of the team is going to be Emil. It's going to be Jason as our second big, and then three wings. Like the if he wanted to change that, he would have to go Emil plus Giles or Bolden plus Tatum, and then two two wings. And I think K- Coach K has already made it pretty clear he's going to go with 
three three wings, Tatum, and then one big, which is actually terrifying because we have four four bigs. We've got Giles, Jefferson, Bolden, and Jeter. All all of who who can play. Yeah. And and if only one of them are going to see the is going to see the court at the at, at the same time, then that's going to be problematic for them. Like I remember against the Tennessee State game, Jefferson was in at the same time as Giles, and they were just out of sorts. Like Jefferson got the ball on the block, and Giles was sort of clogging up the paint. Yeah. And Jefferson was trying to make a move, but like there was another big in there who was uh, sloughing off of uh, Giles to help out. So like. Right, this, this whole jigsaw puzzle is going to require some, some working out. Generally, when they had two bigs over the recent past, they've had one play the high post, one play the low post. Uh, I, like when? 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 When did we play two bigs? Mason, uh, Mason Ma- and Miles. Ma- yeah, Mason. Mason playing the high post. He'd catch the ball at the free throw line, extended a lot, and he would turn and face and <clears throat> go big to big, or potentially kick out, or drive, or shoot. He could do all those things, and he was a versatile big man. Uh, the trend in the NBA is for you have a big that sits outside the three-point line or close to it and can, can stretch the court and bring another big out to have to defend him. That opens up the middle for driving and cutting and even for the other big to play low post if there are two bigs. What's interesting about Duke's team, as far as I can tell, and I, could, I don't know that much about Harry Giles' game, my guess is he has maybe like has some range. It's, it's pretty clear that Bolden will be just a down low. Bolden big, doesn't big seem guy. to have. I don't. Outside touch. I don't think he has an out, outside range. Yeah. Emil's not hitting three pointers, and I don't know if Giles can or or not. Tatum can can play a can play a you know four or five and also hit threes. You know he can double down there. Uh, it seems like there's a little less versatility between those three big guys: Bolden, Giles, and Jefferson. I'm not sure. I mean, it's not the NBA, though. So could you have one of them play the high post, one the low post, as they've done in the past? I think you probably could. They just don't know. I mean, Coach K was saying before the game the other night that it's not December. It's October. Yeah. Like, they're in their preseason because they're they got to bring these guys in. And, you know, we saw a finished product, interestingly, at the beginning of the season because it was all veterans. You know, and they just mixed in Frank Jackson. Yeah. And now you're forced to, and Chase Jeter to some extent is being mixed in. He's signing new because he didn't play that much last year. That's normal. What's not normal is three super freshmen additionally to mix in who have injury issues and it's unclear sort of what stage they're at, what they can handle. And it's it's, it's a big juggling act. Um, but it's only December. And we have, they have three months to figure this out, but they have to figure it out. It's going to be interesting to see how they do it. Um, and I don't think we know yet. We don't know exactly what Giles is. I don't know what Bolden is. It looks like Bolden might be a guy who doesn't get a lot of minutes, but he's a, he's supposed to be better than this. Yeah. Now Giles was like... Inside, outside. I don't can, know. I'm going to go... Run, run go, the floor, can jump out of the... I mean, if he's supposed yeah. to be Kevin Garnett, and J- Jeff Capel says he's the best NBA prospect he's ever seen in person, that's not a guy who, that's not a Scal Labissier. Is that how you pronounce it? That's not like that kind of guy who's just a project. This guy led international gold medal winning USA basketball you know, teams. 
he's somewhat of a finished product, except he's coming off two years of injury. So I think we haven't seen the real Harry Giles. I, I hope we haven't. You know, I mean, does I hope he, he's not a shell of himself. Does he seem scared to you out there? He just seems. Um, he seems anxious. Yeah, you know, I mean, he doesn't. He doesn't have a role. He's had two ACL tears. Yeah, like he's he, got to think. Wow, could it happen again? Yeah, I mean, he must be playing well in practice if they're sticking him on the court. He must be recovered to some extent. I don't. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I sort of get the sense that he's still sort of being worked back in physically. Yeah. You know, like I think Coach K said, there's no minutes restrictions. He's healthy. It's just a, an issue of you know game conditions playing five on five and he hasn't played any five on five in practice is that the the idea not until recently i don't think yeah it's uh it's sort of bizarre it's a bizarre situation um the idea of having a, a strong core of veterans and then having to mix in potentially more talented younger players is, is not a new one in college basketball um or even to duke you know, it's had like there's been situations where it's been a total disaster, and there's been situations where it's worked incredibly well. Yeah. Um, so, like the '98 team with Will Avery, Elton Brand, Shane Battier, and Burgess coming in didn't work super, super well. The team was good. You're talking about their freshman year? Uh, their freshman year. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Was that '98? Uh, it was yeah. uh, '97, '98 was their yeah. freshman year. So I, I thought it worked. They managed Fine, it, right? yeah. They yeah. did pretty well. They had a good year. They had a uh, very good year. They had a lot of talent, and they had a good year. That year, McLeod, Langdon, Wojo, and um, you know, Capel were, were the upperclassmen. And uh, Was Capel? No, not I, Capel. I don't think Capel was. Yeah, not Capel. Sure. Ricky Price. Ricky Price had been relegated to a bench role at that point. Capel wasn't on the team. But it wasn't like as strong an upperclassman group as we have right now with when Grayson presumably comes back, the way Luke Kennard's playing, the way Emile's playing, the leadership. It almost seems like there isn't a lot of room, except they've made room for Jason Tatum and Frank Jackson, but still it's a little limited. Um, yeah, they got to fit that yeah. into their overall and, team concept. Yeah, and I don't know because I was, I was sort of worried about Frank Jackson's minutes. Apparently he has like a sore foot. Apparently like he's, he's been on a minutes restriction. Yeah, he's been like resting yeah. in practice. He hasn't really been playing. Yeah, I didn't know that. Like he's a guy who I would love to see in the game more. Um, well, what was interesting is when Grayson came out yeah. last night, the offense really seemed to lack direction. Yeah, Luke Kennard took over a little bit at some point, but before that, the beginning of the second half when Allen didn't start the second half I felt like the offense was a little aimless uh, really? Tate, like Tatum was the guy who was sort of controlling the ball yeah. and it, it didn't it didn't seem super flowy to me until like Kennard kind of was like alright I'll do it and Grayson Allen came back in the game um, so the, you know I think the team has a slight identity issue when they're playing more of the freshmen despite their talent um yeah, we'll see. Can we talk about Jason Tatum? Um, yeah, let's talk about Jason Tatum. See a gunner. Good things or bad things? <laughs> I mean, the good things are this are the, are some of the same things we've talked about. 
the length of his arms, yeah. his hands. He had so many steals, rebounds, steals, blocks. deflections, blocks. And I, I looked at the stats. He's played four game. Or he's played five games now. Yeah. The last four, he had at least two blocks and two steals each in each game. Yeah. Which is pretty rare, and his minutes aren't even that big. You well, know, he played a lot of minutes the last game. He played a, played a lot of minutes mm-hmm. the last couple games. Yeah, and, and that's good. I, it's great. We we want him out there. He looks like just a little clumsy, like a little bit not gro- not like grown into his own body. Some some you uh, know? end of the fast break finishes that he somehow missed. Like he missed a dunk. He missed, oh my god, the dunk layout. at the beginning was it the first possession or the second possession? Second half. Uh, the second half. He, first possession of the game, he, he converted. A, he had a dunk that he missed. Well, it might have yeah, been second half. Second half. It was. It would have been absolutely incredible. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, he in the open court. I'm surprised he's not a little smoother going around guys. He likes to try to go he's, through them. He's six eight. Yeah. Six eight guys are typically not that coordinated. Um, I will say he's a stud athletically. No yeah, doubt. I mean, there he started off really strong. I would say through the first 25, 30 minutes of the game, I was like, wow, this guy is unbelievable. He's like. He's almost like Kobe with the inside-outside game. Um, the one aspect of his game I didn't like is um, when he takes those step-back 20-foot jumpers. Like, I really dislike that. Like, It doesn't seem like that's the best shot. It's a hot, It's like I can understand if the shot clock is winding down and you have to put up a shot. But like, if, he, if he's doing that sort of like early to mid in the shot, shot clock, I feel like, one, it's not that high percentage of a shot. And two, you're only going to get two points. Um and then secondly, and this is sort of like a troubling trend, um, when he's converting all these amazing shots, I'm like, wow, this guy's NBA. He's he's going to be great. By the end of the game, I look at the box score. He, he went 7 for 22. Yeah. And, and he was, well, he was 5 for 9 at one point. At one point, that, yeah. So, like, so he basically went 2 of his last. Yeah, he went 7 for 22. 13. And in the previous game against Tennessee State, he went 4 for 11. So it's not like, yes, he's... A superstar, and he he looks every bit the part of a superstar. But does somebody have to sit him down and talk to him about shot selection, about high percentage shots, uh, what shots are good, and if you can't get off a good shot for yourself, then how about um, you know draining opponents to you, and then and then kicking out for a, a, another higher percentage shot? Like he's so talented, just like Russell Westbrook is talented. Like these guys think they can do anything, you know, like. So I'm sure. sure somebody has said to Russell, like, look, Russ, you're the worst three-point shooter in history. You should just not shoot threes. But he just thinks, look, the next one's going to go in. You know, like, I feel like Jason Tatum is sort of in the same, you know, I, I don't mean to directly compare them. It's just that, like, if he keeps putting up seven for 22 games, six for 19 games, five for 16 games, like, that's not great. You know, like... It's not as good as it's it in, should it's be. Inefficient shooting. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, and Kennard has been like really efficient. Emil Jefferson's been even more efficient. Yeah, maybe. I don't know if Kennard's three pointers and foul shots get him above Emil's efficiency, but the two of them have been so efficient that him coming in and deciding to shoot twenty times last night and only hitting thirty one percent of his shots, yeah, seems like a little bit of an issue. Before that. I'm looking at his like three point percentage. You know, he's four for fifteen from three points. That's it's not that bad. That's including last game. Yeah, okay. he was over four last night. Yeah, before last night he was four for eleven. 
So again, small sample size. We're only looking at a few games. He's still getting his legs under him. Yeah. When and he, look how much better he's doing than Bolton and Giles, at least for now. You know, I I think your points are, are valid. There is a concern. I want, you know, he played 37 minutes last night. Yeah. He hadn't played 30 in any of the other games. I wonder if he got tired. He was 5 for 9 to start. Right. So it, it's probably a combination of a couple things. One, maybe not. when you start off that hot, you know, there's like a heat check. You're thinking like, oh, this is great. Everything's going great. And then you just keep shooting. Um you know, when, when people go and shoot 7 for 22 and 4 for 11, what I do is, like, I, I go back and I look at their free throw percentage. You know, he's shooting over 90%, I think, from the free throw line. Wow, his free throws. I'm looking at his stats here. It's he's amazing, only missed right? two free throws, and he's made 23. So he's 23 at 25, he's shooting 92%. Okay, so he's a phenomenal shooter. So yeah, I look at their free throw, free throw shooting percentage. If it's high, I don't mind the guy shooting. Right, but just he's just, taking contested, yeah. difficult yes, fadeaways. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think so. You're right. Just try to be smarter about like the types of shots you take. And I thought Grayson also took some off balance contested threes that were very low percentage shots. They were just missing yesterday too. They were just they were missing open we, shots. We haven't been shooting well yeah. this game or or, or last game. Um, this says uh, Jason Tatum blocked four shots last night. That's that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how he fits it. He's got to fit into the offense better. He his game seems slightly disjointed from the team. Although he did make, I thought he made some decent passes. You know, uh, he has he's had three assists in each of the last three games. He's rebounding. He's literally an all court player. Yeah. You're just taking issue with some of the shots. Some of the shot selection, yeah. and, and especially uh, when he has such talented shooters around him. Yeah, like like Grayson for for this game and maybe even for the last game, it just seemed like he was dribble penetrating and not even looking for a shot. It was clear he was going to kick out to somebody. I think he's got to keep his opponent honest by by finishing some of those drives. Uh, but I feel like that's just an easy way for us to get easy, wide-open three-point shots where our good shooters can step into it in rhythm and have a high-percentage shot. Like, we don't have to take these little, you know, step-back, 19, 20 footers. Like, it's just a bad shot. Yeah, I, I think if we aren't going to have Grayson for a while, I, 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 think, I think we'll be fine. I think we'll be okay. Yeah. We'll be fine. We'll, It'll we, be we okay. might have to play bigger. Like, we might have to play two bigs. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. We There's a lot of options in this team. A lot of these guys are versatile. But, like, Luke Kennard's ascension, I mean, he just looks so fantastic. I, Luke, it, Luke's got to stop mean mugging the camera when he does something <laughs> sick on the court. Like, he, the kids just got to stop doing that. It's not a good look, Luke. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I, I, it's nice to see some swagger. It is. And, but this is what we're it talking is. about. He's, he can Grayson. practice in front of the mirror just like all the uh, NFL players. Listen, like, he's not tripping anyone. He's not punching anyone. He, uh, you know, he's got a little mean streak. Um the only thing I wanted to mention about Grayson is how do you how do you fit the way Duke loves Leitner and Leitner's legacy into the Grayson Allen situation and the way Coach K Coach K didn't stop Leitner from being such an alpha. He obviously pulled dirty plays. In this day and age, would Leitner doing some of these things have gone so viral that Coach K would have had to have suspended him. What else did he do things? besides stomping on uh, Aminu? Uh, I gotta look it up. Timberlake. I don't know. We, I have, mean, to, we have to look other, it what up. What other dirty plays did he do besides the like, like stomp on the 
chest yeah, the, of the, a dude. The stomp also there's there's a context for a lot of these plays. Like the stomp on the chest, like Leitner thought Aminu pushed him into the the the. I'm not sure. What was it just a one time thing? Was he a good sport all the other time? I don't I, know. I wasn't a Duke fan at the time, but uh, there haven't been. There hasn't been footage of him stomping three guys. He only, on he only stomped one only guy. Only one guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure if he did it again, he wouldn't do it the third time. Yeah, it's just it's an interesting time. Um, so we won both games. Both games are closer than we expected. Elon and Tennessee State. Tennessee State played great. I mean, they're they were they were beating guys off the dribble, finishing at the rim like. They seem senior, seem savvy. Very, very impressive performance. I mean, really. Actually, both teams. Both teams played great. We did Elon, not play great. Elon shoots really well. Yeah. That that kid, uh, I, I thought you would get a kick out of his name, Brian Dawkins. Yes, Brian Dawkins, former Eagles safety great. He was future a, NFL was a Hall ju- of Famer. Junior from Jacksonville. Grayson Allen, junior from Jacksonville. I did they, notice that. They must have. Played in the same high school circuit, you know? They, I'm sure they knew each other. And, well, was he a junior? Yes. Dawkins was a junior? Yes. All right. Yeah, I, I thought the same thing when I, when, I, when I heard he was from Jacksonville. Yeah, these guys might, must know each other. They must. I wonder if that's... I wonder <laughs> if some part of that is a thing. I doubt Who it. knows? I doubt it. I mean, I wonder if we can look up whether they played each other in high school, but... Yeah, I, so, I mean, let's take a step back. The preseason's over. We're, we're going into conference play. I mean, are you happy with this team? Are you not happy with this team? Like, I'm just as excited as I was. I'm yeah. a little disappointed that Harry Giles' debut was such a sort of a... Dud. A letdown, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know that I blame Harry Giles for it yet. I'd, I'd, I'd like to see what happens there. I'm getting less excited. I thought he was going to be the thing. I thought, Harry, he was, Harry Giles. I thought he was going to be the unicorn, as Bill Simmons called him. I think Jason Tatum might be the unicorn. Yeah, it was a different, different, different level of unicorn in college <laughs> basketball. In college basketball, Stephon Marbury, complete unicorn, right? NBA, not a unicorn. Is Malik Monk a unicorn? He's a college basketball unicorn. The question is, is he an NBA unicorn? Lonzo Ball, is he a unicorn? I don't think he's an NBA unicorn. He's, uh, he's definitely a gamer in college. You know, Steph Curry was a college unicorn that everybody assumed wouldn't be a unicorn in the NBA. I never thought he'd be good. Like Jimmer Fredette or these yeah. other great shooters who don't make the transition. And Luke Kennard, I don't, we, don't, it's, we similarly don't know. You know. I mean, Curry went in the top ten. He ended up going in the top ten of the draft. So yes. it wasn't like he wasn't drafted. But Yeah. You know, after the UNLV game, I... Couldn't be higher about our team. You know, like, I was actually thinking about coming in on our next podcast and asking you, Mike, how many losses do you think we'll have this year? How about, I just looked up uh, Brian Dawkins. Put a pin in that for a second. He's 22 years old. He's a 22-year-old jun- junior. Actually, it's... That's not that... It's not that uncommon. uncommon. Okay. A, a lot of people play one additional high school year at a different high school than... And his great-uncle... Is a two-time NBA Truck, All-Star. Truck Robinson. Truck Robinson. Did you even watch this game? I wasn't listening the, the whole time. The were all over it. I got my kids all over me, man. I got my kids all over me. I got my baby. You know, I'm so, lucky to be able to watch any so of these. We games. should rename this podcast Duke Basketball Junkie Singular and Mike. <laughs> Listen, I fit it in. I fit it into my day. 
Okay, let's go back. After after the UNLV Elon. game, we were on a high. Grayson Allen looked like player of the year candidate again. I thought maybe this team would... I, I would set the line at two and a half losses. I still don't think they're going to lose that many games. Now I think the line should be like three and a half. Maybe three is a good line. Three on the dot. Uh, I would take the over for, for three, three and a half, I think. You think this team's going to go like... Uh, Here's what should happen. What should happen... ACC is great this year. What should there's, happen there's is... There's a lot of talk that we're going to have like 10 teams make the NCAA tournament. Yeah, it's good ACC. What should happen, I think, is Coach K should be mixing in these freshmen as much as he can and developing developing a, a, a longer bench. And by the end of the season, really know where to go to when he needs it. Right? What's going to happen, most likely, he's going to keep a short bench. He's going to like... You know, probably not get Bolden as involved as he could be. Probably not get even Chase Jeter as involved as he could be. And Giles will end up being this weird project, you know. Uh, and at the end, it'll be a little confusing. But what what really needs to happen is, like, they can be the, the best team that they can be will be achieved by experimenting in January, in February. It's a shame that he couldn't do that against Tennessee State or Grand Canyon. Yeah, so is, or, he, is he not going to do it in the ACC? Elon. And I don't know if it's health reasons. We'll see. Well, he... he Worst he case... Just, he just seems to panic when he's in a close game, and he just yeah. shuts it down. He just shuts down the bench. Yeah, even last night, I mean, they, they were up by enough points. There, there other guys could have gotten in. There was a point in. where we hit 20, and, and again, like, I wasn't that thrilled with the way this team closed out the game. You nope. know, like... It was close to a 20-point game, and then it became a 10-point game. Right. And it was, you know, the possibility of of an of a unlikely comeback was always out there. Yeah, as long as that possibility exists, Coach K doesn't empty the bench. And, you know, we keep talking about it. We'd like him to. Uh, how excited am I about the team? I, I, I'm excited that I don't know what's going to happen. It's interesting. Very, very much up in the air. Worst case is they trot out that scene, that veteran lineup and they play pretty well, you know, but probably not well enough to to really be like a great, great team. Just a, a very, very good team. It's a pretty good team. That yeah. Team. They, yeah. Like, but they lost to Kansas. Like, yeah, they're only if, true test. If you take that core and add Jason Tatum, I mean, I think we're going to beat Kansas. Like, yeah, I mean, I seven, hope seven or eight times out of ten times we're going to beat him, just with Jason Tatum. Um, Jason yeah. Tatum is a matchup. Well, now that I know Frank Jackson's been nursing an injury, I mean, it just seems like health is a big deal. Yeah, health and some experience playing together. You got to have cohesion. You got to have buy-in to the team concept, and it's just hard to do when these guys are coming in for short minutes or unhealthy minutes. You know, or Grayson Allen now. I mean, it definitely throws a monkey wrench in to the whole team the, concept. The whole team concept, team chemistry is fascinating. I'm yeah. excited to see how it unplays. I, you remember when Grayson had his face buried in the towel on the bench in the Elon game, and mm-hmm. Javin Delorier is on his right, sort of patting his shoulder, trying to console him. And I saw Marquise Bolden on his other side, and Marquise just fascinates me because, like, I'm always trying to get into the minds of people, you know, whether I'm at the poker table or I'm watching a college basketball game. Like, Marquise Bolden, 
like it seemed like he was like sort of like sliding over like oh my gosh i can't believe i'm sitting next to this this tripper you know like <laughs> almost like in junior high school if if a kid is known as a snitch like the snitch comes and sits down next to you at a lunch table like you just pick up your lunch tray and you walk somewhere else I sort of felt like that was what was going on in Marcus Bolden's head. Maybe he just like, didn't want to be on camera because he knew the cameras were on him. Like, Bolden was definitely not consoling Grayson. You know, maybe that's just not in his personality. Excuse me, personality. But, like, Bolden is a interesting type of facial read. Like, I, I love trying to get into his head. I actually thought when Gray, Grayson, when, he, when the technical got assessed, I thought they had thrown him out of the game because he started walking, like, kind of away from the bench towards... Yeah. Like the back area of the arena, I was like, and I, then I also thought that's probably good. You I know, think it, it probably, probably it would have been better. Would have been, been better for yeah. everybody. Probably would have been best. Would have been better. Um, we were going to talk about, you know, a bunch of other awesome some topics. other some other things. <laughs> ben Simmons documentary. We both got a chance to see over the last week or we're, so. We're thinking about uh, you know Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey and a few other football players deciding to sit out their bowl games like. Should should Harry Giles just just shut it down? Like, J- Jason, uh, ESPN analyst Jason Williams said, Giles should just just not play. You know, like yeah, just gear up, get just, ready just for workouts, get healthy, don't get injured, and uh, you might get exposed a little bit if you play and you don't play well. You know, so there's certainly some merit or some some thought in in that argument. Yeah, he doesn't have an agent yet, but there's no doubt he has people pursuing him. For what's to come, as we watched in the Ben Simmons doc, I mean, he didn't even seem like he was part of the team. Um, Yeah, this is very separate, and like there was people nursing relationships with him, texting him, calling him during the season. Yeah. So, so this is a a Showtime documentary. It's about ninety minutes. It's one and done. Pretty, pretty fascinating about Ben Simmons. And interestingly, Simmons' sister worked for an agency company or, or or an agent. Yeah, and she yeah. she sort of like goes on the offensive at some point and says, "This is what she wanted." They didn't come and recruit her. Yeah, the, it, she went after that. Like she was looking for a job, and in this and, line, and it got a little territorial between her and the rest of the family. And then the parents came to be a little. He bit ended more. up signing with her agency. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not like a small time agency. They yeah. represent LeBron. You know, it's not like this guy's nobody. Right, but they clearly got her to get to him. Well, that's the question. Yeah. Did they? She says, I went to them and applied to them. They never came to me. But did mm-hmm. they? My guess is they, they saw what was sure. on the horizon. Sure. Yeah, sure. But also, Ben Simmons was just like, uh, once they once the fall semester was over and he passed Stop his class with, with, I think, Bs and Cs, he said, which probably translates to 1B and 3Cs, in the, in the spring semester, he just didn't go to any class. He stopped completely. Yeah. Well, which, which, like, I, I think is an honest question. Like the documentary. If, if you're, if you're not, if your goal is to go to the draft and you and you know you're going to be drafted, like, why is that a bad thing? It's a persuade. The documentary is persuasive on the point of whether guys should have to go to college for a year, because yeah. he didn't belong there, and it was sort of clear. And the point being made by the doc and by Ben Simmons is like. Why does everybody expect me to care about the NCAA tournament, especially because I'm from Australia? Yeah, it's not. I don't know what this is. This yeah. wasn't my dream. My dream. I just want to play in the NBA. I want to be a professional. Apparently, I have to do this. Yeah. Well, why do I have to go to class in the second half of the year? Because I'm only going to lose playing time if I screw up the first half of the year. So he quits going to all classes. He doesn't sign with an agent, but he clearly like becomes 
influence He's playing footsie with them. More than that, the guy calls him before the game and tells him, "You got to step up." Yeah, he's definitely. It was definitely a relationship developing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it makes you wonder about Harry Giles because what is Harry Giles doing? If if that's Harry Giles right now, he needs to just no, gear I'm, up for yeah. for workouts four or five months from now so he can get back in the top five or top ten. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't yeah. know about. I don't. That. I don't know what his situation. Yeah. There's a small chance Harry Giles. He's going to get advice that he should come back for another year. I mean, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't I think, I don't think so. I think he needs, alone. Well, he needs the care. He needs the best care, yeah. the best training. Like He's probably better off. And I, I think we're, we're definitely sort of overreacting on the first two games. I think, yeah. I think in two or three weeks he'll be, he'll be fine. He'll be contributing. You know, he might not have a starring, starring role just because this team is filled with stars, but I think he will be... Impressive. He has to show flashes of being the talent people are saying he is at some point. Yeah. And he at least has to be, he doesn't have to be the leading, leading scorer or even one of the top three scorers, but if he has limited minutes, he needs to show in those minutes a little bit of what he can do, and he has to, he has to be an efficient player somewhat, I think. Um, but you look at the guy who went third in last year's draft, Jalen Brown, he averaged single digits, right? You're talking at Cal or for Boston Celtics? Uh, I'm talking about, at, well, in the tournament, he, I think in the game, they, they got knocked out in the first round of the tournament. He scored like two points, four points. Like, he didn't have a big year in terms of stats. Yeah. He still went top three because of his transcendent physical abilities. Transcendent? I don't know about that. It was well, just the talent drop-off was so severe from two to three. I mean, Boston should, definitely should have taken Jamal Murray. They need a shooter. I, Maybe a Buddy Hill, but I think Jamal Murray. Yeah, but how are they going to play Jamal the, Murray with Isaiah Thomas? They're both little. Jamal Murray's not little. I mean, Jamal Murray's he's not big. like 6'6 six, six and thick. Is he? Yeah. Huh, shows you what I know. Uh, but just to, re- <laughs> just to refresh our audience about uh, draft stock and expectations, like maybe a month before the season started. Giles was the number one projected overall pick. Tatum yeah. was the third overall projected pick. And Marquise Bolden was the eighth projected overall pick. Um, Grayson Allen was like the 22nd or 23rd. Now things have shifted. I think Tatum is now six. Giles is 13th. Mm-hmm. Bolden is 16th. And Grayson is probably like mid-20th. I don't know what universe Bolden belongs 16th even. I mean... I, I have no problems with that draft expectation. Like, he's 6'11", and he's athletic, and he's big. I wonder where Okafor would go in the draft now. You know, that type of player has become less and less valued in the NBA. There's a glut of big men, and anyone who can't stretch to the floor seems to be frowned upon. I mean, Greg Monroe is having a hard time getting enough minutes in Milwaukee because they want to play small ball. You know, and they want to play a certain style. So, I, you know, I'd be concerned if I was a young guy like Bolton. I get there's still a place in the NBA for guys like that. Yeah, but it's not as valued as it used to be. Right, but the issue. And I is, wonder if Draft Express is accurately depicting in, that. In, in any draft, how many quality players are going to come out? Like maybe two or three. Like the rest of them are just going to be bench warmers and, and and reserve players. You think there's only two or three players that are going to start in the NBA off the end of every class? Like look, look look at the last draft. Once, once How many players start in the NBA? 
say there's 30 teams, there's five, 150 players. Okay. So if if players average like their careers, 10, 11, 12 years for the good players, yeah. You know, you're talking about, you know, 10 to 15 of these guys every year are going to be NBA starters. Just to give you a little, you know, not not to, I don't want to like cut you like off. At what point? Usually a little, yeah. Usually at least three or four or five years into their career. Okay. Very few of them. Okay, if your point was that they're going to start right away, yeah, very few of these guys are starting right away. That's not what the draft's about anymore. You know, now it's about building depth long term if they're the good teams. Obviously, if they're the 76ers, you're going to start these guys if you draft them in the top five or 10, usually. Yeah. Unless they're all playing the same position. I mean, Dragon Bender went in the top five this year, and he's. Not even getting huge bench minutes. You know, Brandon Ingram, number two pick, comes off the bench. Right. Uh, but I No, that's 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 not yeah, that's so, that's the new normal. Right. Yeah. So my point is well my point was it's not an important point, was that Bolden just based on potential and talent and size. Yeah. Like these guys just don't come up around that often. Six eleven guys who are athletic, just not common. I hope he starts looking athletic. I haven't really seen him look athletic yet. I hope he looks a really? little. I think he eh. looks, I think he looks fine. Like he's just like all the other Duke guys who who atrophy away on the Duke bench. Like they just need to play 15, 20 minutes every game, and their game will develop. But they just watch and they're and they wonder why they ever came to Duke. If you know, if he can't get off the bench and he's healthy, then I don't get it. I just I. It's one thing to keep Chase Jeter on the bench. It's, it's another to keep a guy who, if he is a lottery pick, let, let's develop that guy while we have a, a chance to, to take advantage of his skills. But um, we'll see. I mean, so far he doesn't look like that much, but maybe it's not his fault. Sort of bad circumstances. He came at a time when we had a bunch of big men, yeah. you know, and the composition of our team, Tatum, is going to be our four, and we have a lot of good, a lot of good wings, so, like, Playing time is going to be scarce, I think, for the big guys. Yeah, I mean, this argument is going to be this season. If Coach K keeps these guys on the bench, is going to be a great argument for a guy like Calipari to make against us because he plays them all. He plays two waves of players. Yeah, you know, so and does, they so all does, get minutes. So, so does Roy Williams. Yeah, so does you Roy know, Williams. They play like sub in guys, and out. You know, like if you look at Isaiah Hicks and Kennedy Meeks, two senior big guys, those guys play 22 minutes. Because Coach K isn't going to get these guys in a year or two if people can point to these examples if it doesn't yeah. work out. I'm, I'm but actually, the health is the the wild card. We it, we don't know what the, yeah. the doctors are saying. I'm glad you brought that up because I, I almost forgot. I wanted to mention to the listeners that uh, Coach K went on Calipari's podcast that the podcast is called Cal Pod. No, it's called Calcast. Calcast, excuse me, Calcast. Which is awful. It's a, it's a great <laughs> listen. He's on there for like 35 minutes. You know, he talks about his younger days in the army. They talk about coaching and it's pretty clear that they they really like each other. Uh Cal Pod's a little bit of a goofball. They have some common history, yeah. people they know. Of course, it's a small fraternity. <laughs> Yeah, they like each other. Coach K was just like his usual ham self. He's he made a, a few jokes about how like when Duke plays Kentucky, I think you should really start your your son, uh, Calipari's son, Brad Calipari, is on that team. Yeah, well, Calipari he's, was. He's like, you should, you should sit Malik Monk and start Brad Calipari. 
I think that's best for Kentucky. I'm just I'm just trying to help you out. He responded to a story about Calipari's wife was like ragging on him for not playing his son enough. Like he's yeah, yeah. he he shot well and some. He's like, yeah, you time. should do that. Just, you should yeah, you should you should you should start him. I agree. Yeah, it was it was pretty cordial podcast. It's weird to hear an active big name coach kind of read ads exactly for, for Subway. And or, I felt the same thing about when JJ Reddick was doing it on their vertical podcast. Like he, it's, it's, it's just, it's just changing times, you know, like it is. I, I was surprised that Cal Parr is doing it in the middle of the season. Like I would think he, his plate would be too full. Yeah. It seems wrong that he's doing it right in the middle of the season, but that he's launching it, that it's like really a project. My guess is, He's not doing a lot of the legwork, of course, but yeah. Well, but like, it just seemed like it seemed like an interview, pretty much. It was like a forty forty-five minute interview. Yeah, and the podcast was like he's talking about the games. He was, he opened up the podcast talking about UNC, how UNC how the Kentucky. UNC game went, yeah. and like it, interesting. I mean, I, I wonder if that that's more that's like pro connection with younger younger people. Are recruits going to listen to his podcast? Are you know, for sure, students at Kentucky are. You know, Kentucky fans are. If Coach K had a, Coach K did a radio show a while back and sort of had a podcast. He's. Uh, um, I imagine he still does the radio thing. Yeah, well, he actually, I mean, he had this podcast. You can still listen to episodes of it, I think. Um, he was responsible for the podcast? But he wasn't he the was host. He was oh. like the guest. I think it was really more like a radio show. Okay. May have been a radio show that was published also as a podcast. Yeah. Was it Bob Harris or somebody? Somebody was doing it with them. And it was sort of like, you know, a lot of these guys have weekly radio shows. Right. So. Very common. Yeah, it's not that dissimilar from that, um, I guess. But this was a little weird because John Calipari is reading his own ad copy. Yes, that's, always, that's always what gets me yeah. like initially when I first start listening to something. Yeah, very weird. All right, well... Um, Check that out. It's definitely a good listen. I agree. Um, watch the Ben Simmons uh, documentary. Maybe we'll talk a little bit more about it uh, another time. Dean Smith, I noticed, has a Showtime documentary. Have you seen it? I may have. Or no, it was HBO. I just saw it on uh, demand. I was like, I was like it was, wow, it was what other? It was a while back, right? I'm not sure when they did it, but I thought it might be a good thing to, uh, to check out before the <clears> UNC <throat> game uh, in a few weeks. I did want to get to some of the corrections. We you know, we messed up a couple of things. Recalling the games in the heat of the moment. Of course, Adamal Okolaja was not on the '94 UNC team. He came in with uh, Anton Jameson and Vince Carter. He was the third in that recruiting class. That was the and that was right. like, that was a couple years later. Right. That was two years later, '96. And uh, I I remember I, I saw them eating fast food all together once. That was a big thrill for me. Uh, down, Waffle House. Uh, I believe I believe it was Bojangles. I remember always running into basketball <laughs> players at the Waffle House. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and the guy I couldn't think of was Donald Williams. Donald the, Williams, the shooter? the shooter. Yeah. Donald Williams was hit a lot of clutch jump shots yeah. for the '93 championship team. Yes. That '93. He was MVP, I think. Yeah, he might have been Final Four MVP. '94, yeah. he was back, and it was Jeff McGinnis, not at at Ed Coda. Jeff McGinnis and Shimon Williams, I believe, was on that team. He was on the team, but he barely played. Yeah. He, he averaged less than three points a game. He had a big head. And what was interesting is I was looking back at that team and I looked at their stats. They had five guys basically average double figures, and nobody nobody else was averaging even three points a game. Not even Serge Wicker. 
So I'm not sure why Serge Wicker was in the game at the end. Maybe somebody fouled out. Um, and I thought we could go back and watch those games and like review them and talk about them again in a little more detail and maybe come up with things we didn't remember. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, and Scott LaBelle, my buddy, texted me and was like, I recently watched that game, that Kentucky-Duke 98 game, and he says we were down 17, 17 with under 10 minutes left. We were up 17. Yeah, we were up 17. So yeah, was, I think that's what was, he said. It was horrific. It was a horrific meltdown. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all the time we have. Got to get back to our lives here. Uh, there's no games in the next uh, so okay. many days. We can have the kids. Hopefully, we'll be able to go home, enjoy their times with their families. Happy holidays to everyone. Yeah, happy holidays. Um, we'll see you when we get back. And we'll see you in 2017. Well, yeah, we might we might wait till 2017 to record the next one. Hopefully, it'll be a calmer podcast. Uh, hopefully, Grayson uh, gets his shit together a little bit. Watch watch his post Elon game interview at the locker room. You guys will feel for him. You'll have a warm place in your heart for him. Yeah, I, you I, know it doesn't seem like this I love is... Grayson. I mean, let me just make that clear. I love Grayson Allen. Big fan. Nobody believes you. Big fan. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody believes. I love John Shire too. I love Coach K. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, maybe we'll go back and we'll listen to the Grayson Allen John Shire interview from the summer as well, uh, and uh, that'll personalize him for us and let us identify with him as a human, because it's tough. And I don't think. Last thing I'll say is I don't think what he's done has been so awful as to expel him from eligibility to play basketball to perhaps he should be stripped of his captaincy at least temporarily but you're saying he's at least he's not joe mixon punching girls in the face and fracturing their their facial bones there are so many guys in the news much worse uh, many of which are from the nfl you know just stop tripping grayson i mean it's pretty easy don't stick out your leg yeah i mean think about adrian peterson the stories about him last year Think about um, the running back for the Ravens. Ray Rice. Ray Rice and the video. They can't, I mean, Grayson got heated in the moment. Yeah, and the and grand trips scheme of things is not that big a deal. But but he's got to address it. He's got yeah. to stop it. All right. All right, we'll go Duke. Uh, good first half of the season, kind of. Pretty, I think. Yeah. I'm pretty good. I'm right. pretty happy. I feel like this team could. I feel a little bit less about it now, but I do feel I feel like we'll be there in Arizona. This, is, this break is going to be a pivot point, and Coach K tends to take these opportunities to extract team leadership value, and hopefully they'll all come together and rally around Grayson, rally around the incident, whatever, the, the media circus around it that's probably going to last another week or two. You, th- you think the kids are saying, like, wow, that's great that he's suspended. Now I can see some playing time. I, bet I mean, you that's got to be on the back of their minds. Like, Marquise Bowen's like, I get three minutes a game. Like, this is good. I, I might get eight minutes a game. Yeah, I mean, it's possible some guys are thinking about that. And it's I mean, Luke Kennard's going to be like, man, that's great. Now I can continue playing and, and scoring 21 points a game. Well, now they can really double Luke. Anyhow, let's let's move on with our lives here. All right. And uh, we'll get back to it next time. Uh, thanks, Pete. All right. Thank you.